0: I'll share one. So Bailey. All right, I got a word for you. So I saw a field full of daisies um, and I saw the Lord just come, like there was like millions of them, right? And I saw the Lord come and just pick one and he's just seeing that like he sees you individually, like he doesn't just see you in the midst of everybody else, like he loves everybody, but he like, I saw him like push away everyone else, which God doesn't push people away, but he's, he's showing the individuality and the beauty in just you. And like his his personal connection and love for you personally, Is that cool. So, I believe that the Lord wants to prophetically speak over people and bless people because, like we sang earlier, His thoughts should define us, right? His thoughts should be the ones that define us, not other people's thoughts, not what the enemy says, not what we say. His thoughts should define us. So, just right now, begin to ask people I'm or ask the Lord for specifically for somebody in here. Um, Maybe it's just an encouragement. Maybe it's just, hey, can I pray for you? Can I give you a hug? Um, but we're gonna have Jared share this word right now, and then we'll, we'll,
1: I'll, I'll come back up. Um, I'm gonna do a little activation with it yeah. too. Sound um, Just like Simon was saying, I, uh, <clears throat> I felt like he was talking about we only know love because Jesus laid down His life for us, right? And I read today, and actually off of that, it says in 1 John 4:11, beloved, if God so loved us we also should love one another. Um, But I read this morning in Matthew 18, and it says, woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom or through whom those offenses come. And I was thinking about it this morning, like how in the world does Jesus sympathize with us as a high priest with unforgiveness that we deal with towards other people? How in the world does he do that? Like he died and gave his life for a world that by chance would never actually acknowledge him and he loved them and forgave them. And he comes into our situation and says, yeah, I'm gonna walk you through unforgiveness that you have toward this person and set you free and set that person free from you holding on to something that's causing so much hurt and distance and turmoil in your heart. I'm gonna be in your situation and give unforgiveness and absolute reckoning in your life. How does God do that? He's never understood unforgiveness ever in his life, ever. Not one time. It doesn't have anything to do with it. And he steps into your situation and he says, you know what? We're going to forgive that person because they do not need you to hold it over them for the rest of your life. That's Jesus. He's amazing. And he knows it's forgiveness. So I feel like there's people in this room that are dealing with unforgiveness. And it's actually poisoning your life. Unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping it hurts somebody else. And Jesus wants to step into your situation and show you how much you've been forgiven and 100% cleansed and clear of anything you've ever done in your whole entire life. So you can be free and clear and cleansed and that person can be loved by God. That's what he wants to do. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you feel like that's you, if you feel like you've just got something that you need to forgive somebody for, you just raise your hand, be bold because Jesus wants to step into your situation right now. If there's somebody with their hand up, raise it high, raise it high. If you want freedom, just raise your hand high. If there's somebody with their hand up, you just get around them, put put your hand on them and just begin praying for them. But if that's you with your hand up, just just close your eyes, open your heart to Jesus. He just wants to be a part of what's going on right now. Make Make sure people that have their hands up have somebody around them. Look around, look around, go lay hands on them. Hands high, you guys, hands high. Once you have somebody touching you, laying hands on you, you can put your hand down. Once you have somebody that's touching you with their hands on you, you can put your hand down, okay? Yeah, unforgiveness is gonna die in this room today. It has no place. It has no place in you. It has no place. Totally clear, totally cleansed, totally 100% free. Holy. Holy, holy time. Father, we thank you right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you. You are ministering to your body right now. You're ministering freedom to people right now, Lord. Show them how much they are loved by you. Show them how much you've forgiven them. Even as Christ forgave us, so we must also do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, release them. Release them from the debt. You had an unpayable debt that you could never, ever, never, ever pay back to God, and he forgave you totally clean, totally clear, totally 100% forgiven. You'll never answer for a thing you've ever done, never brought up again. Jesus 100% puts it behind you, puts it behind him, and you guys walk together forward, never looking at the past. And right now, whatever that person has done, right, wrong, they could have 100% been in the wrong and you could be justified but you do not want to be vindicated you want to be righteous Father make them righteous, make them see that they want righteousness and righteousness forgives the offender every time freedom in this place, I speak freedom over their hearts right now Holy Spirit, thank you thank you, thank you that the offender goes free There will be no offenses that come through these people. There will be no offenses that come through these people. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if it looks like you just saying right now out loud, I forgive them. If you need to do that, you need to do that. Well, I don't feel like I forgave them, but you believe in your heart you did. And you cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God when it comes and says otherwise. You declare in your heart by faith, I forgive that person. I release them and I pardon them and they will never answer for what they've done according to my my perspective. Forgive them. And from this day forward, you go forward and you say that person's forgiven. I made a a choice today. On October 22nd, I made a choice today. I forgave that person and they're forgiven forever. 23rd whatever depends on how you look at it so in jesus name in jesus name thanks guys yeah that's awesome
0: so like i said i want i want a couple i feel like does anybody in here have a have a word they want to share with with the crew um like with everybody in here, does anyone have a have a public word? Come on, Judy. Here.
2: I just felt that um, when we were singing, "Oh how He loves me," that um, sometimes. I've been working on this myself, but we let our feelings get in the way of how we feel on a daily basis, and in all honesty, we just need to stick to the truth. The truth is He loves us, and some days you might not feel it, but He loves you, and that's the truth. So in my mind, I tell myself some days when I'm just not feeling it, and everybody I know in here doesn't feel it some days, but you just have to stick to the truth, because that's the bottom line. He loves you. and. I really felt like a lot of people needed to hear that today. Stick to the truth.
0: Amen, that's good, that's good. Does anyone else have a word? Yeah, you you can stay there if you want or it's up to you.
3: So for the past um, two years, I have just been so angry with God. I've been so angry with the church, I've been so mad because I worked in a church situation for six years off and on and I just was emotionally and mentally abused in the church and I just left and I said I'm done because I'm so tired of being hurt and, and just this morning when I walked in um, my spirit shook shook because I knew That I I was like, my body was, when I knew we walked in, the devil was scared because I could feel it, and I just knew, whenever we got in here, that this was going to be a situation that changed my life, and I had never felt like it was unforgiveness until Jared read that scripture, and... I'm done with it, you know? Like, I'm done with this unforgiveness, and I have a God who loves me. Mm-hmm. And it just is so hard. It's been so hard, and just today, it's I'm done with this. So praise God.
0: All right, give us a hug. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> That's why we come to church. Anybody else have anything they want to share? Man, that's good. Let's just take a moment. Everybody just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we thank you. And we thank you that you're the minister. Thank you that you're our our friend, our advocate. And we thank you that you are intimately and passionately involved with every single person in this place. And Jesus, we thank you that you're the head of this house. We thank you that you are the great shepherd of our souls. Father, we just thank you that you will settle for nothing less than absolute freedom you'll settle for nothing less than absolute freedom in our hearts and in our lives. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that you glorify Jesus. We thank you that you convict us of righteousness. We thank you that you are the power, the freedom, the healing, the deliverance that's needed in every situation. And we thank you that you're always available. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's good. Yeah. If anyone had any words for anybody, did you guys share them? Oh, not yet. Let's go for it right now. If you have a word for somebody, I want you to share it with somebody. If you don't have a word, look around. Um, I believe the Lord wants to speak to some people. So here's your time. That's good. You want to give Jesus and everybody else a hand?
3: Yeah,
0: that's good. Welcome to Jesus Church. Let there be light. Huh? I took your job because you were slacking. Um... How is everybody? Good? Our announcements this week are this is why I hate announcements. You know what I mean? It's like Holy Spirit touches people. It's like also let's practically let's just talk about what we need to do. But it's okay. We got it. God, it's a God of order. You know, if a dad at a dinner table never lets anybody know what's going on, kids have no clue. Um so we have the first of the month in November. We're doing our potluck, and it's a chili cook-off, all right? So everybody can be involved. What's our categories of winning? Best chili and most unique chili. There you go. So those are your two categories. Um, Everyone's going to vote. If you don't want to make chili, that's perfect. We need side dishes also. So, um, yeah, cornbread. Nate's mom's going to make cornbread. Um, She's volunteered. Nate's mom makes the best cornbread in the world. So... She does. I mean, if somebody wants to try to beat her, I'll see. But in my opinion, to this point in my life, she makes the best cornbread in the world. Does she not, Nate? Does your mom not make the best cornbread in the world? No. Yeah. You're bringing biscuits. Oh, okay. You probably have you probably have a little secret recipe, don't you, John? (laughs) One more minute. Oh, okay, so John's is the, we're going to put a sticker on John saying the defending champ, and then everyone's not going to vote for it. just out of spite.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's good. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love the Holy Spirit. I love how he moves and touches people. That's super powerful. We just got to make sure we make room for it and, and and let him do what he wants to do, right not, so we can't be so caught up in our schedules and our our I would say the Lord wants to interrupt our regularly scheduled program, usually. We just gotta let him, you know? Um, oh, man, how am I gonna do this? You know, and this is, like, I would be wrong not to say this, and this is where I feel as a leader and as a, as a as the father of the house. You understand election day is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, proposal three is demonic. If you read what Proposal Three says, um, it says, "Why do you do this to me all the time?" Um, proposal Three is not just an abortion issue; um, it's a it's a gender issue. It's a it puts your kids on the a dangerous place. You should look it up and just do some research on it. But as a believer in Jesus plain and simple, as a believer in Jesus, you don't vote for anybody that's pro-abortion because God's not pro-abortion. Do you see that? I'm not trying to be, like, I'm not trying to cause division and problems, but, like, God is not pro-abortion. You don't vote for anyone that's, or anyone that's pro-homosexuality. God loves homosexuals. God loves, God loves all people. There's no sin that's greater than any other, but if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if us as believers put in office people that are going to promote ungodly principles, Mm -hmm. then that, like, we are going to account for, hey, we're putting these people in to set up laws and decrees that are going to stand in opposition towards what God says. Mm -hmm. You understand that? So, like, as a leader, as a a father, like, I have to say that. So as believers, we need to, and that's, like, I don't even have to tell you who to vote for, I just tell you those two things and you can kind of pick really easily who to vote for and what to say. But proposal three is really, really dangerous. You see the signs all over, but it's not just, it's upholding a lot of abortion laws that are already in place, and that's what they're going to promote it as. But it's a lot of gender, like, change issues. It's a lot of letting kids do hormone blockers. It's, 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 It's protecting all of that stuff. And here's the thing, all of that stuff, God can set people free from that, but like, all of that is deception of what the enemy's doing and trying to pervert and distort the picture of what godly, healthy marriage and family looks like. Because if he does that, he can distort and destroy the picture of what uh, Christ and the church looks like. Right? Like homosexuality, the reason that it's a big, it's a big hot topic is because the enemy is putting it on the, the, the front lines so that he can destroy what Christ and the church looks like. Right? And if he can destroy what Christ and the church looks like, then he can destroy your relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes. It's very, very important for us to understand that as believers. And it's very important for us as believers to make sure that our, vo- our vote is heard, right? It, it, it's, it, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't live in a democracy and complain and then not vote, True. right? right? Yes. We shouldn't live in a democracy, uh, in a country that is, is, you know, a democracy that we can vote and then not vote. It's our, it's our right, and it's our God-given right, right? Any questions on that? I'm not trying to be, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to be de- divisive. I said my stance on abortion when Roe v. Wade was overturned. God is 100% against abortion, right? And, and we always, like, the problem is is there's so much, and this is what my, my struggle with, even Christians, there's so much, there's so much um, emotions tied to so much of that and for us to say that, hey, that's wrong because that's what God says, is we, we're, we're labeled as insensitive. And I'm not saying that people, like, I've, like people that have had abortions, people that have, that have, whatever, supported, like, Jesus, there's so much. You understand the reason why God is against those things is because it destroys people's lives. Like, the, the reason that God's against, like, people changing, like, their gender is because it's, it destroys your life. Like, homosexuality destroys your life. That's why God's against it. And he wants to set people free from it. That's why he works so hard at distorting and destroying people's minds from the very youngest of age. That's why he, that's, what, and that's what proposal three is trying to do is it's trying to disciple a, 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 a state and a country. He's trying to, the, the enemy is really good at discipleship. He's trying to disciple a, a, a generation in deception so that they don't understand and they're, they're confused, right? Because what you're doing when, with saying that like I can choose my own gender, is saying, yeah, God, what you say isn't actually true. That's what you're saying. Because God's the one that decided who you are, right? right? He decides whether you're male or female, black, blue, purple, green, right? He decides who you are for a reason. So what you're saying when you're, tra- like, when you're saying that I can make that own decision is a spirit of antichrist. Do you see that? Everything that you see going on in the world will always bring it back to, it's setting itself up against what God says because the enemy is at work. That's why, that's why if we don't have a foundation in the word of God, then we're gonna to be tossed to and fro, right? And you'll be scared to stand up and say things. And that's why I'm saying, I'm not saying my opinion, that's just the Lord. Does that make sense? And I'm not trying, I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to be divisive and I'm doing it with the most humility and I know that a lot of people have had, um, they've, been touched, they've been touched by those things in a, in a negative way and, and it's hurt people. But like, like, abortion, it has destroyed people's lives, and I've seen it destroy people's lives, right? Like I said, there's so much confusion in, a, like, because you're like, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about the 10-week heartbeat, and what about the, like, and I said it, and the Lord showed it to me perfectly, and this kind of answers all debates. Is I said, when did Jesus leave heaven and was put into the womb of Mary? Because he was put into the womb of Mary, correct? Jesus was born of a virgin. And the Holy Spirit put Jesus in the womb of Mary, did he not? When did he do that? When did, because there was a point where the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and put Jesus in the womb. So Jesus left the throne and came as a man. At what point did he come as a man? At conception. So that means that life begins at conception. Right? It wasn't Jesus' heartbeat at 10 weeks or whatever it is. It wasn't 20 weeks. It wasn't 39, it was at conception, Jesus, son of, the Son of God, left, man, left the throne of heaven and came as a man into the womb of a woman at conception. So that means life begins at conception. So anything else is deception, right? Anything else is demonic. Does that make sense? That answers a lot of questions. But as believers, like, guys, we have to, we have to know what we believe, and that's why this Bible is super important to understand is because you'll let a lot of other things come in and try to tell you, tell you what you believe. You'll let a lot of other people and emotions and, and fear and whatever try to tell you what you believe when the Bible says plainly, right? If we really want to boil down all the issues that we have in the world, it just comes down to sin. The enemy is trying to glorify sin because sin is destroying the image of man. So if he can destroy the image of man, he will never see the image of Christ in in a man, which is what Jesus paid for. You see that? So Jesus came to restore what man looks like. Sin has been destroying man's image. And that's why the enemy works so hard to put laws, people that glorify sin, because he's trying to get people to see and fall into, well, this is what man looks like. This is what we can be. This is whatever. And it's all anti-Christ and it's all anti gospel. That makes sense. Is that clear? You have a question. What it looks like to vote the Word of God? What does that mean? You look at policies like, like I said, abortion. What does the Lord say about abortion? Like, what does the Lord say? What does the Lord say about murder? And then you say, okay, if this person supports abortion and this person doesn't, and this person's pro pro life, then I'm going to vote based on the Bible, on this person is pro-life, this person is pro-choice, then the Bible says that Jesus is pro-life. So you vote based on what the, whatever, the st- whatever the problem is, you can find it in the Word. Whether it's abortion, whether it's, like I said, homosexuality, those are the big ones. And I can, you can pretty much make your decision off of those, too. And then the other ones are, there's other ones that are very, like what you think the tax brackets should be, all that stuff is your decision. But if you, if if we vote for people that are pro-abortion, we're voting against the heart of God. If we vote for people that are pro-homosexuality and transgenderism, then we're voting against the heart of God. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, I see what you're saying, and gender, yeah, exactly, right? You're, you're destroying who you are as a person, as a God-given right, when you're trying to change your gender. And this is the thing, is I'm not downplaying that there are issues in people's lives. I'm not downplaying that these are things that people struggle with, and I'm not downplaying that, you know, homosexuality is something that people struggle with. But let's say Jesus, let's say somebody encountered Jesus that was a homosexual. Do you believe that Jesus would set them free? Yes. Right. So that means that, that we're not... I love and I, I love people. I love people that struggle. I love people that struggle with sin, but it's, it's destroying their life. And if I had an opportunity to share Jesus with them, we'd get them water baptized and realize that they're dead to those things. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But well, you should really look into Proposal 3 because it is... Um, Say it again. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, actually. Yeah, that's why I said it's demonic. Vote no on Proposal 3. And I know that's recorded and people can look it up. <clears throat> All right, right here. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know... Chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know... That the unrighteousness, do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, okay? He's about to list a bunch of things, but I want us to see there's a difference between, well, we'll just read it and then I'll make make that claim. All right, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? He's saying here, there's a... Well, let's just read the next verse. And such were some of you, but you were what? Washed. You were what? Sanctified. But you were what? Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Right? Right? So what he's saying is an inheritance is in the, you have to be a son to have an inheritance. So those kinds of things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if you've been born again, you've been washed, clean, sanctified, and you will inherit the kingdom of God, even though you might've struggled with those things, right? So people that have not been born again will not inherit the kingdom of God, plain and simple, right? There is 100% a hell for people that do not receive the born again experience, do not receive Jesus and are born into his kingdom family, right? With, a, with the father as a father. With the father as our father. Does that make sense? So we always say like, oh my gosh, what if I struggle with drunkenness? It's like, if you're born again, you're obviously not realizing what you've been washed and sanctified and justified by the spirit of the Lord. He's talking about people that are not in the kingdom. They're, he's talking about people that are not born again. There's a difference between somebody that's born again that was this but has been washed, and, there's a diff- and then there's a difference between somebody who is just struggling with extortioner or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? So we have to see, like, this is what I mean by the, the Lord loves, the Lord loves everybody, and there's no sin that's any greater than any other sin. We have to realize that. We, as man, put that in, in levels, right? We're saying this sin is terrible, this sin is not, this sin, like, we put those in levels. Sin is sin to God. Does that make sense? Sin is sin to God, and he wants to set everybody free from every single one of them, right? And there's, no, there's not one that's like, you know, whatever, murder and lying. There's no difference. We do that, and with mankind there is. You can lie and probably not go to prison for the rest of your life, but if you murder, you will. There's levels with man, but not with God. Sin is sin, and the nature of sin is producing these things in people. The same way that I struggled with, you know, pride pornography, all these things before I understood and who I was the same, is the same way that people struggle with homosexuality or gender issues, right? It's the same answer, same Jesus. You must be born again. You probably should be baptized and you should be washed clean and be sanctified and be transformed by the spirit of the Lord. Does that make sense? The same way that I was set free from pornography is the same way that people can be set free from heroin, homosexuality, gender issues, whatever the, whatever the problem is right? Sin in mankind is producing this fruit in the world. And that's why the enemy's trying to glorify sin because that's what he does because he's the author. Does that make sense? Any other questions on that? I know that's kind of heavy, but I really appreciate you guys' heart. And I'm trying to like do it to the best of my ability because I'm not trying to come off straight, but it's a very serious thing, right? It's very serious as believers to understand that. It's very serious as believers to understand that. Because here's the thing, is we say we glorify God, we need to glorify what he says then, right? There's a righteous anger in, in Jesus that he hates sin. He loves people, but he hates sin because of what it does in people, right? That's why he addresses things, right? Like the, like the unforgiveness thing, he doesn't want people bound. Like Allie came up and shared, he doesn't want her living with unforgiveness. He's not like, oh, I can't stand Allie because she's, she's in unforgiveness. No, he's like, There's something that's trying to take hold of her life and shape her identity, and i got to get it out of her. Does that make sense? Right. So if somebody comes in, struggles with homosexuality, Jesus is going to come and rip the identity of homosexuality out of their life and set them free and wash them clean. Does that make sense? That's what he's trying to do, because he wants you to be free and separated from what sin has produced in you. Sin is a, like the nature of man apart from Jesus is a, is a bad tree that is producing bad fruit. We're trying to fix fruit all the time when we just need to become a new tree like Jesus says. Whether it manifests in anger or homosexuality, there's no difference. Does that make sense? It's it's the root of sin and you must be born again. You must be washed and you must be filled with the Holy Ghost to be free. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, seriously? Is there any questions on that? Man, we have to be people that like, Really like see clearly. Because if we if we don't see clearly, if we don't see that man, the same way that Jesus set me free from being angry is the same way that he can set somebody free from heroin, then I then I'll look at a situation and I'll say, Man, I don't know if Jesus can do what he has already done a million times before. Right? And by my unbelief and my lack of understanding, I'll look at the situation. And I won't share truth because I think that this sin and this issue is way bigger than another sinner issue, right? If I sit with Tyler and he's like, man, I really want to love my wife, but I've been getting frustrated with her. Jesus wants to transform that and can transform that the same way that if somebody who said, hey, I'm struggling with my gender and understanding what my gender is. Does that make sense? There's no, like the lights in heaven don't dim when Jesus sets this person free. Seriously. We, yeah, but we, like, we say that and we laugh about that, but that's what we do, right? We see somebody that's on the street that's really struggling in, in a, a, a terrible lifestyle, and we're just like, man, like we judge them according to the flesh, which is what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is judge no man according to the flesh. I remember the Lord told me one time, he's like, Dylan, revival begins when you stop judging people according to the flesh. Think about that. Revival begins when you stop believing and stop judging people according to the flesh. Because anybody that ever walks into your path, you'll see them according to what Jesus sees them. You'll see them for who they could be with the Spirit of God in them. You'll see them for who they could be, for what Jesus wants them to be. Not for what sin has created them into. Does that make sense? Man, that's freeing. Because that'll set, that will change your life. Because every situation that comes, every problem in your life, in your kid's life, in your family's life, in, in the people that you work with, any situation, you can see it through the eyes of Jesus. Like Jared said, he's in the middle of every situation, and he doesn't look at me according to my sin. He didn't look at me according to my sin. He looked at me for who I could be. Right, I remember the Lord told me, I was, like, I was, like, I was struggling and crying in my bedroom one time. <laughs> And Jesus just goes, Dylan, I really, I really, he literally said this to me. He's like, he goes, I see what you're going through. And I'm like, I feel your heart, bro. Like I'm in it, but I know who you are. And that's the thing. I'm like, man, that's so good. He goes, I know who, I know who, I know who you are. He goes, I'm not downplaying what you're believing and where you're at, but I know who you are. That's a good place to be. Because Jesus is, he's not downplaying that I'm struggling with something. He's just saying, I'm not letting where you're at dictate what I really know about you. I'm not, I'm not letting where you're at dictate who you really are and who I created you to be. Praise God that he does that. He doesn't look at your situation and he's like, man, this looks really bad. Praise God that Jesus doesn't look at where we're at and just go, man, like, this might, this might, not, this might not change. Things might not change. Right? If Jesus did that like we do that with people, if Jesus did that with us, well, then we'd be lost causes. Right? Just think back on, on how bad you were before Jesus and if he looked at your life and said, Man, I don't know how this can change. Man, we'd all be lost. We'd all be, we'd all be not good. Does that make sense? So I just wanted to share that at the beginning. Because I believe, like, man, as believers, like we can't we can't sit back and 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 let things slide that Jesus would never let slide. You understand? Jesus flipped tables in the in the house of the Lord because they were doing things that were ungodly in the house of the Lord. And that was just they were selling and doing all these things and they weren't putting in laws that were going to pervert the minds of our kids and and legalize taxpayer abortions to make me support what they what they believe is right. It's quiet. That's true. Does that make sense? Are there any questions on that? That's good. Look, I love you guys, and I was just thinking about this. I'm like, man, Lord, I don't enjoy talking about that kind of stuff, but what kind of dad would I be if Valor was going and living in this world and I didn't tell him what was right and wrong? What kind of dad would I be if I was, you know, if he was watching TV or whatever? And I didn't tell him that, what it looks like, what, what, what God created mankind to be. What, like, what kind of dad would I be if I let him just go out and just make his own assumptions and his own decisions and not actually tell him what the truth is? Not a good dad. So I'm not going to do that. So I love you guys. Any other questions on that? <clears throat> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so we're going to transition into fun things now. <laughs> no, it's really fun. Look, look like we're, we're defenders of truth. That's our job. As believers, if we don't say anything, if we, if we don't live a life that models Christianity, then nobody's going to know what it looks like. Right? If, if we're the ones that don't stand up and look like Jesus, they're going to look at your life and they're going to make a decision on what God looks like. Right? And the, the Bible says that things are going to get darker and darker and people are going to call good evil and evil good, which is what they're doing. Isaiah chapter 6, he says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness to people, but the Lord has arisen over you. His light has shined upon you. So don't let darkness scare us, right? God is not in, he's not scared and worried about what the enemy's doing, and he's not, he's not one step behind reacting to the devil, right? But he just needs us to make sure that we make our decisions. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not going to have people in Jesus' church go to the voting booth, and vote opposite of what the word of God says if we say that this is the final authority. Plain and simple. So I love you guys, and that's why I said that. So we're going to transition into, man, I don't know how to transition. I love you guys. That's all I'm saying. Um, So we are going to, I know it's truth. It's, It's fire. Right. So please vote whenever it is, November the 8th, I think it is, 7th, that Tuesday, the 8th or the 7th. Check your calendars, November the 8th. Just check your calendars, but vote, seriously, vote. Um, So we've been in a a series of The Secret Place, I probably won't teach very long now, Um, but man, it's been really good. I uh, I felt like I wanted, has anyone had anything that's blessed them from the last couple of weeks in their secret place that's changed kind of the way that they're seeking the Lord and spending time with the Lord that would want to share? You don't want to share, but it's blessed you? Okay. Does anyone have anything that they would like to share?
4: Man. Yeah. I've been coaching the Hazlitt High School cheer team. Yeah and don't really know what I'm doing. And so I've been spending a lot of time in the secret place. And so basically anytime we have anything to deal with, which is a lot of drama, more drama than cheerleading on our team before, not now though. Um, And so they will come to me and be like, coach, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hold on, I'll be right back. And I would go into my secret place. And then I would come back and I would be like, okay like, I would just walk away from them (laughs) and be by myself, just, like, I have, like, a little secret corner that's, like, away from them, Um, and then if there's, like, drama or whatever, I would bring both of them into it with me, and, like, I can't say that I'm praying, and I can't say Jesus, and I can't say stuff like that, but I'm, like, you know, I spent some quiet time, and I believe that there's a person in this room that you guys can't see, but I believe that they're gonna help us, and, um, (laughs) And it's been really cool. Um, So fast forward to we had pep rally um, the day of homecoming a couple weeks ago. And I met them over there during the school day and was just like, you know, everybody's all pumped up. And they were all nervous. And I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. You guys know what to do. And they're like, we do know what to do. And the first two girls were like, let's pray. And they grabbed hands. And then as each, as each girl walked up, they're like, what are you guys doing? Are you praying? And when I turned around, like, half of the team was sitting and praying. And one of them is a girl that identifies as a boy. And so just to, like, encourage you that, like, this wasn't me being, like, let me put my secret place on display. It was, like, I literally don't know what I'm doing, and I need a minute. And, um, and it's been really awesome. So just... Some Lauren. <clears throat>
0: That's a really good word right there. <clears throat> well done, Lauren. Lauren. That's the problem. She, Lauren's always like, you say Lord, and it sounds like Lauren. <laughs> but it's a Michigan. Because how do you say you say your name in Maryland? Lauren. 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 <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Anybody else have anything? Yeah.
2: This is really hard for me to talk in front of a lot of people, but he has been doing so much in the secret room. Mm-hmm. Um so just to give you a little bit. Dave and I, we were watching um, something on Sunday night. Um, it was 10 my Todd White Ministries, and we just stumbled across, and it was about the sacred realm, and it was just about, like, how we even, like, almost, like, tithe our money. Our money. Like, our time is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been showing me so much of, like, the time that, you know, like, we, he just, he wants our time. <laughs> and, um, and he's just been carving out time for me to go in there now. And um, I, it's just been blessing me so much. But anyways, it was on Sunday, Saturday night that we had watched that. And it was just really powerful. And then, of course, Sunday morning, Dylan had talked about um, the secret place. And um, I just I've been shutting that door. And he has just been in there with me. I've just been pouring out my life. I'm going through a really hard time with my son right now. And he just gave me verse um Philippians 4 6 is like been so powerful like meditating and breaking that verse down and just Mm -hmm. thanking him for the future and he is just doing so much in him right now and then just how he's like pouring like I'm pouring out every you know my all my requests to him and thanking him ahead of time and then he is just blessing me like like the cup overflows. Like, I'm just able to go to my work and um, mm-hmm. share what he's doing in that secret room with my coworkers and everywhere, like with family last night. And it's just been um, so awesome. Yeah, so, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so um, I'm yeah. just going to kind of, you said Philippians 4 6, right? Yes. So you've been having issues with your son and stuff. So you've been going in, shutting the door. What does that look like just being quiet before the lord and just kind of sharing your heart with him or?
2: yes and just like literally just praying out to him and then he'll say to open up the bible and i you know like jesus calling has helped a lot um just everything that i've got so i made us like a little room or a little carved out a little area like a pillow and all my stuff is in there in the yeah. secret room and everything's just right there so i feel like he's just been giving mm-hmm. me verses and um, and it's coming alive. Like, I just don't know how else to... Yeah.
0: So he just, he spoke, did he speak Philippians 4, or were you just reading it, and it kind of stood out to you, or? Yeah,
2: he's, he spoke it, like... Yeah, he said, go to Philippians
0: chapter 4, and, yeah, yeah, and then read it. And it's been, like, so I'm not
2: very good about memorizing verses, but it's been, huge.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so that's so cool. Yeah, so the reason I ask you is, practically, like I said, I wanted to get in some practicalities of what it looks like. So, so Sheila and, and Dave have been going through some stuff with their with their son. And then she's like, you know, when you don't know what to do, God does, right? When you, like, we have to realize what we talked about last week is is Jesus said that I'm the manna that came down from heaven. So that means Jesus is our daily sufficiency, right? And if we lack a daily sufficiency with Jesus, we will be starving. You don't realize it, but you're hungry, right? Like, I remember the Lord told me one time, he's like, Dylan, if you, if you neglect the secret place, like, you will die. And I was like, 100%, I know that for a fact. So it's like, you and everything is going to fight for your time, right? So, because it's so easy when Sheila and Dave have, you know, something that comes that, that, you know, something they find out about their son or whatever, come, like an issue, it's so easy to be like, okay, how do we fix this? How do we do this? What should we do? And we're trying to figure it out in our own strength, right? So it's like, the important thing to do is be like, like Lauren just said and Sheila, like, all right, Father, I need wisdom because you're wisdom, right? I need the way that, that you say things, not the way that seems right to a man, right? I need wisdom, I need wisdom. So you sit and you're like, and Jesus has, has become unto us wisdom, Colossians says. So we're like, we're seeking Jesus. And then what he says, she's just pouring her heart out in simplicity and like relationship, right? Like I I shared that word with Bailey, it's not just like, yeah, Father, I know you see what's going on. No, like when you shut the door, you're by yourself. There's nobody else around. He sees what, he knows what you're going through. And it's not just like, it's not like, oh, I didn't even know that you were going through that, Sheila. You understand he has manna and he has life and um, sustenance for Sheila and Dave already provided. Right? When the Israelites woke up in the morning, the manna was on the floor. The manna was on the ground. All they had to do was get up and go receive what they needed for that day. So when you open the door, when you go in, the Father is already there to meet you where you need, where, with what you need, right? So like imagine, Sheila, if you're, if you're going through that and the Lord didn't speak that of Philippians chapter four to you, you'd be looking. You'd still be looking for answers, right? Yeah, you'd be lost. You'd be, what, we're left to our own understanding and we're left to our own understanding Um, ideas and thoughts, and we're not that smart, plain and simple, right, we don't have a lot of, like, people say, like, when I do things, people are like, man, that was real, real smart, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was him, and I did not know what to do, like Lauren said, like, you're just in a, like, you see how much you need God when you really are in over your head, right, and I started a church, y'all, I'm in over my head, (laughs) seriously, I can't tell you the amount of times that I'm just like, man, Lord, I have no idea what to do. But praise God, you do. Because what we do, we value our own understanding, right? What, is it, what does Proverbs say? Is it Proverbs. Proverbs 3 something, Five. 5, 5, 6. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, right? So all Sheila did is she's just going to take a moment and say, well, yeah, I, I know I should do this with my son. I know I should do this, but she's saying... Okay. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. All I'm going to do is shut the door and I'm just going to acknowledge that he's here. I'm going to acknowledge that he has wisdom and I'm going to acknowledge that he wants me to be here. Right. Simplicity is just saying, okay, I'm just going to acknowledge you. And I know that you're going to give me, you're going to give me wisdom. And it might look like her just saying, okay, I'm going to open the Bible and I'm just going to read until like, there's so many times I love, there's a pastor I like to listen to. He's like, I'll just sit and read till he speaks. And I was like, that's so good, because he's just like, I'll just open the Bible, because you'll read, and you're just reading, and you're just like, you don't realize you're getting fed, but you just read until Philippians chapter 4, 6 jumps out at you, and you're like, holy cow, that's what I needed to hear, and then you don't go any farther, because he just spoke, right? That's what, you read until he speaks, so you're waiting till he, like, he's going to say, hey, this scripture right here is your answer. This scripture right here is your answer. And it's just like, so if I have a question, I don't, like, I don't settle for not knowing an answer in Christianity. I don't settle for not knowing an answer. I don't settle for like, hey, there's an issue with my son. There's an issue with my wife. There's a problem in my, my workplace. I don't settle for just like, well, father, I know you're going to work it out. Like that's, I don't settle for that. Even though there might be a time where I, I don't know what to do, but I know the Lord is working, but I know he's going to give me an answer and he's going to, it might just be, hey, I just want you to take your hands off of it and just pray. You might not see how it's going to work out, but this is my answer, right? But I'm not going to settle for just like, the Lord leaving me in limbo. That's why we have to believe that God speaks. Yeah. That's why we have to believe that God speaks. That's why we have to believe that he is alive and he wants to encounter people. We like, man, if we believe that God doesn't speak anymore, you're lost. If we believe that God just is, is just in heaven and like looking down, looking at a whole field full of flowers and he's not intimately involved in your life, man, you like the enemy is going to eat your lunch. That's the thing is like whether we believe God speaks or doesn't speak, the enemy still going to speak. Right? Like you can believe that God doesn't speak anymore, that he only did that with the apostles and whatever that people say. Or like God, whatever, that's what people say. But the enemy is going to speak. He's just like, well, well done, believe that because I'm going to keep talking. And if you don't know his voice, then you're always going to follow a stranger's voice. Right? But if you know his voice, then, then you know and you'll never listen to a stranger because the stranger's voice will be very strange to you. Right? I'll start with you. Yeah. Jerry's going to pray for your son right now, okay? Is that
1: okay? Yeah. Um, we don't need to go into the details of what's going on. Like, I don't, I don't think it's necessary, but everybody yeah. just stretch your hand toward Dave yeah. and Sheila. So, um, yeah, that Father, it's Alec, right? Yeah. Father, we thank you for Alec. We thank you for the the work that you're doing in his heart right now. And with intercession and authority, we speak total freedom over his life, 100% freedom right now in Jesus name, never to be the same again, a totally brand new heart, a totally cleansed and clear conscience and mind. Father, we thank you that he never recognizes the person he used to be. Amen. We thank you that when the lies of the past come up, Father, you squash them and eradicate them with the truth. Your voice is so clear to him. Your power and presence is so real. In this very moment, Holy Spirit, you overshadow him and you touch his life with your love. In Jesus' name, we proclaim freedom to the captives in the name of Jesus over Alex's life. Amen.
0: Amen. That's awesome. Will you give it to Brian? That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Any other questions on, on what I'm saying here? There is something I want to say. Um, one of the things that when you are, like I say, we always talk about spending time with Jesus. We say, hey, you know, eternal life is to know God. But we have to understand what that means. We have to understand that it's not just like, yeah, I know Jesus. No, like we have to know Jesus. And this is what it looks like to know Jesus. Like Sheila will never be the same because of what Jesus has spoke to her, right? She'll never, she'll never be like, I don't know. I don't really know what to do. And I don't think that Jesus is going to give me an answer. She'll never be the same ever again. She knows that whenever she has a problem, she knows that man, there's life in this book and there's life in him. And all I got to do is go to him, right? Lauren knows the same thing. She knows that, okay, I might not know what to do with all these people, but I know him. And I know that if I know him, then everything else is gonna be okay. Plain and simple. That's what it looks like to know Jesus. It doesn't look like just coming to church on Sunday, right? Sheila didn't get that from coming to church on Sunday. She might've been encouraged in it. That's what, we're, that's what our job is, to encourage her to go. But she's not gonna understand the truth and not gonna understand who he is unless she goes by herself, right? She's not gonna understand it unless she takes what we're learning here right, what I preach, whatever, and say, all right, I have to know this Jesus when there's nobody else around. Because this is what happens. When we shut the door and it's just me and Jesus, man, he speaks to me and I can't hide behind anything else, right? I can't hide behind my service. I can't hide behind my worship. I can't hide in a crowd. It's me and him. And when he comes, man, he always shows you who you are. He always takes away the lies of what you're believing. He always, always, always strips away everything that's not of him. Right? When he speaks, there's no question. When he speaks, he leaves no room for doubt. Man, and we have to be people that just live in his identity. We have to be people that live in his truth. Right? Like I shared shared a couple months ago, but just like a very easy practical way for you to spend time with the Lord is sit down and say, okay, I'm going to be in here for whatever it is, 30 minutes. It's just you and him. Take your journal out and say, Father, and just start to write out what you feel in your heart. Man, Lord, I feel like I've been really struggling with fear. Man, I feel like, you know, whatever. You're just writing it out. Now, pause. Jesus, what do you say about this? Holy Spirit, what do you say about this? What am I believing about myself? What am I believing in this situation that's causing me to, to, to live, you know, dictated by fear? And then you just begin to write what's coming up in your heart. You, you would be amazed at what Jesus speaks to you. And you'd be amazed at what the, man, I don't even know if this is God. And then it's just like, wow, this is rich. You'd be amazed because Jesus wants to encounter us more than we want to encounter him. He wants us to come more than we want to come. You understand that? Guys, so we have to understand that. Just the the plain practicalities of this is what it looks like to be with Jesus and spend time with Jesus. Is there any questions on that? Like so practically my secret place Hold on You understand everything this is what I'll finish with. You understand I didn't even read any scripture. I read one I I quoted a lot of scripture. But you understand everything Everything the enemy is trying to do in your life is to keep you from knowing Jesus. You know, everything that he's, do- the reason that guilt and shame, condemnations, like, like Judy said, like feelings, emotions, are trying to keep you from experiencing the kingdom of God in your life. The reason that the enemy brings up all your past and your failures and who you, who you used to be, and whatever, the reason that he does those things is because he's trying to get, he's trying to disconnect your heart from the truth of who you are. He's trying to disconnect your heart because if you feel shame, you'll never be with Jesus, right? If you feel shame, your secret place will, not, will be non-existent. And the only thing that's going to set you free from shame is the secret place, right? Why does, why, does, why does your time to spend with Jesus, why is that the thing that's attacked the most in your life, right? Some, things get busy. The first thing that gets, oh, man, I don't have time for that right now. Because he knows that if you go there, he's scared to death that you're going to find out who you are. The enemy is scared to death that you'll actually realize what he knows about you. Right? And it's so, like what Judy shared was 100% true. I felt it in the room too. Is like, guys, we cannot live, we cannot live by our emotions and our feelings. You cannot wake up in the morning and just feel like whatever you feel whatever I felt. Like I'm at the place where I'm like, okay, I might feel like this father. And I'm just, I'm spending time and talking and praying and praying in tongues and praying in the spirit and worshiping the Lord, because I'm like, I'm not going to let what I feel when I wake up in the morning dictate what I, who I am. I'm not going to let, you know, a lie in my head dictate what, what I know about me because of what the Lord says, right? There's going to come a place in our lives, plain and simple, where we just have to believe what he says about us despite everything else. And I don't even know how to, like, I don't know how to say that any better. There there comes a time where you're gonna have to sit and go, man, Lord, this is what you say about me, despite what I've done, despite the mistakes that I've made, despite whether I've known better or I haven't known better, despite whether, whatever the case is, this is what you say about me and I can live free. I can live in you. I can live what you created me to be and I'm gonna put aside everything else and I'm gonna live by faith for this thing. And when you live by faith, man, the Holy Spirit is available for grace to do it in your life. But there has to come a place where we just put aside, because there's so many, so many times that I'm just like, I don't want to go spend time with the Lord. There's so many times where my flesh is just like, you got other things to do, you should just take a nap or go hunting or whatever. Seriously, I can't tell you the amount of times that I feel that. And most of you guys would be like, man, Dylan probably has a thriving secret place. We, we all go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all go through the same lies, because the enemy's trying to keep you from that place. So I have to be like, no, we're going to the secret place. And then in those times where I force myself and I'm just like, I'm going, I don't care what I feel, how tired I am. I'll be like, Lord, I'm tired and I didn't want to be here, but I know that this is where, this is where it's at. And it's in those times that the Lord starts to meet you. He starts to do things in your life that you don't realize it, but you're, you're training yourself by faith to pursue the truth regardless of what you feel, right? And the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's not just something that we put on our refrigerators. We walk by faith. We don't walk by what we feel, right? If you're going to live by what you feel, Bailey can wake up in the morning. This Bailey, not that Bailey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bailey can wake up in the morning and she just, the enemy can just put like a feeling of, oh, I don't want to wake up today. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go to work. I don't and then pretty soon that, those mindsets and those thoughts will start to dictate what she's feeling, where she's at. And if she's not sharp enough to understand where that stuff's coming from, then she'll let her whole day be dictated by just what the enemy says. You don't realize his his tactics, right? He'll just, like, if we have the lie in our minds, if you're hearing this right here, if you're hearing that, man, I'm not where I'm supposed to be because of what I haven't done, that's not a fruitful mindset. If If you're looking at your life and judging it and saying, I'm not what I'm supposed to be because of this, this, and this, and this, that's not producing any life in your heart. That's from the devil, 100%. It's condemnation, it's showing you where you're wrong without any hope, right? We just, need to, we just need to settle and look at our lives and say, man, where I'm at, I might not be where I'm supposed to be. I might not have done everything correctly, but man, I'm going after Jesus the best that I can today, right? We have to train our minds to think this way because the enemy is going to come nonstop and try to tell you who you are, especially if you make a mistake. Man, if you make a mistake, the enemy is going to beat you over the head with it, and he loves that joke. And that's where we have to come to him and say, man, Father, I'm, the fact that I made a mistake is, is like there's forgiveness and righteousness and cleansing for me today, right now. And I'm thankful, man, that you're changing me and growing me to where I'll never see that and I don't ever want to do that ever again because of your heart, because your heart's pure. You step into that, you step into that by faith and the Lord starts to just shape your mind to start to think to where, man, you look at the past, you look at the mistake and you're like, man, why did I ever do that? Why was I ever that? Why did I ever make those this? And because you realize that that man is transformed and changed and dead and gone. But guys, we have to, we have to, we have to give ourselves to this understanding. And we can't let our feelings and little mindsets dictate it. You should just look at whatever you're believing, whatever you're thinking. Man, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just do this in our lives. That you just reveal what we're thinking in the moments where we're not thinking properly. Because you won't even realize it. And I just believe the Lord is gonna start to open your heart up to where you're like, what I'm thinking right now is not producing any life. So it can't be the Lord. If what you're believing about yourself isn't stirring you up and making you more, isn't propelling you into more intimacy and life and peace, can't be the Lord. If what you think about your life, about, about, about the Lord, if what you think about Jesus, isn't producing more life and intimacy and bringing you closer to Jesus, can't be him. And if it can't be him, then there's another voice that you're listening to. Whether you think it's you or the devil, it doesn't matter. You're both wrong. You understand? If what you're believing, even if it's not the enemy, if what you're believing about yourself doesn't line up with what God says, there's one person that's right, and it's not you. So you can, it doesn't have to be the devil. You just say that you're wrong also. Man, guys, this will change a lot of things. I wanted to keep going in the secret place, but I really feel like this is straight. When you wake up in the morning, when you spend time with the Lord, when you're going about your day, if what you're thinking about is not producing life in your, in your, in your heart, if it's, not, if it's not giving you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom of God, then it can't be the Lord. Just when you're going about your day and you're like, man, why do I always do that? Why am I always this? Why did I always, why do I always make that mistake? Why do I always say it like that? How come I always get frustrated about this? How come that mindset is demonic? It's keeping you bound forever and always. It, you know, there is no transformation in it. There's no peace. There's, there's nowhere for you to go. You understand? People live their life like that. I've, like, I've lived my life like that. The Lord is not going to, if you're living your life and you're just like, man, I'm never going to make it. Or you, Let's say you're like, hey, I want to I love my wife well and Tyler messes up and he's just like, man, why am I, that mindset right there is never going to produce fruit. Man, why do I always do that? Man, I thought I was different. Man, I thought I was changed. Man, I've been seeking the Lord. Man, I've been asking God to change me. Man, all that stuff right there is not, is not fruitful. And a lot of us live in that lifestyle. Man, we need to repent. You need to repent and change your mind. Yeah. What would that sound like when God's talking to you about wanting to be a better husband? The Lord would always call Tyler and show him that he's created him to be a better husband. And he's saying, regardless of man, if you failed this time, man, step up right here and just, just change your heart, repent, change your heart, repent and change your mind. And, show, and I'll show you what your heart, your heart to do it right is to do it right. That's because the Lord's put it in you. The fact that Tyler wants to love his wife well is from the Lord. Nobody wants to love Jesus. Nobody wants to do what he wants, calls him to do outside of him. So the fact that you have any amount of shame or guilt or condemnation proves that you want to do right. So in that moment, Tyler can just be like, man, I might've messed it up again. I might've felt like I failed again. And man, Lord, that mindset is coming back to where I feel like I'm never gonna get it. But Lord, I'm thankful that you're changing me and I will get it. And I'm thankful that you're walk, working in me. And I'm thankful that all I have to do is by faith, just lean into it. So right now, Lord, regardless of what I've done in the past and regardless of how I just messed it up again, I'm thankful that I'm gonna co- continue to pursue this. Because Tyler is not letting where he's at, what happened, what he feels, dictate what the Lord wants to do in his life right? I say the Lord calls me to preach and I'm not that good of a preacher, which I wasn't. You should have heard the first message I preach. Un- unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. People told me it was good. I wish people would have just been like, that was terrible. You should seek the Lord. Because I went up there like I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I wish somebody would, they're like, man, that was really good. I wish somebody would have been like, no, you, did, you don't know him. You should go into your bedroom and know him. <laughs> That's what I wish somebody would have told me. They didn't. He had to tell me that, right? But I am growing, yeah, I'm growing I'm growing in what he's called me to do. But if I'm just like, well, I'm never going to get it, though the Lord's called me to it. You, you understand, there's, there's so many mindsets that have to change in your life for you to walk in Jesus. And there will always be opportunities for you to repent and change your mind and continue to walk in him. There's so like me and Taya talk about it all the time. The, just the simple mindset of like, when you're a dad, when you're a mom, the, the typical way that seems right to a man will come in and try to rob you of your life. It was, you'll just sit there and you'll be like, man, right when I lay down, Valor wakes up. Right when I'm, right when I'm supposed to t- like, fall asleep, right when I'm supposed to spend time with the Lord. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times I went to spend time with the Lord, sat down, and Valor wakes up like that. And I'm like, the, the temptation for you in that moment is to lean into a mindset of, man, every time that I have to do this, Lord, every time this and that. And you're falling into a mindset that's keeping you from life. And the Lord's like, hey, that's not me. Jesus would never sit there and you walked in the door when he was spending time with the Father or walked under the Mount of Olives and opened the olive branch and walked through. Hey, Jesus, he would have been like, every time I try to get here and spend time with the Lord, here you are, right? We joke about it. We joke about it. We laugh about it, but we do that all the time. Jesus would never do that. So that's what I'm saying. Everything in our life, we have to look at the way he does things and be like, that's not fruitful, so I must have learned that somewhere else. It's not in him and he's the truth and he's the way and I'm supposed to follow him. Right. That's why every situation, every mindset, every motivation of our heart, every every word that we say has to run through the filter of why we worship him. Because he is the truth and we are following him and we are little Christ like ones. Yeah.
5: Um, This keeps coming over. Yeah. <laughs> oh this is I keep getting this over and over. The Lord keeps telling me that what you have preached on today and shared the whole sermon, everything here, and talking about how we all need our secret place that we spend time with the Lord. Um that we should Make our commitment. Right now, there's a lot of us here. Make a commitment to the Lord right now that we're going to go forward and do what? Hmm. Dylan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always get these two mixed up, sorry.
0: Everybody does.
5: (laughs) I know. Yeah. Um, I'm the funnier one. Dylan, if you would pray a prayer that, all these people here, the ones that really know inside your heart right now that we need to make that commitment mm-hmm. to Him because we need to. Mm-hmm. We need to. And if we make that uh, um, by standing up and making that commitment right now before all of us mm-hmm. to the Father, that we will be blessed and that we are going to go walk forward and do what he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. I'll close with that because it's a, uh, I'm going to close with that, but it's a, Um, because here's the thing is relationship with Jesus does not come from our effort. It comes from our surrender, right. right? So like what she's saying, there's so many times we're like, man, I need to have more time with the Lord, man, I need to get up earlier, man, I need to spend more, whatever. Your desire is pure, and your heart is pure, and the seeking will come from a pure heart. It won't come from your striving and your effort. There's so many times where I'm like, Father, I want to get up earlier, and I'm struggling to get up earlier. Would you just help me to get up earlier? Would you, because I don't have time if, unless I do. And it's like the Lord will wake me up before my alarm, and I'm like, man, praise God. That was awesome. And it's like, because of grace in my heart, it's not my striving and my effort. You know what I'm saying? So your hunger will take you to that place, but your effort can't take you, can't take you in right? Like all of us have, you're here on a Sunday listening to me talk, you probably want Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Or you got drug here by somebody else. Possibly want Jesus, right? If you came and listened, if people keep coming back to listen to what I say, I'm pretty straight. So that means you want him, right? Or you don't have anything better to do, um, which I doubt it. So it's, let's just like settle the fact that we want Jesus. Let's just settle the fact that we really want him. So we're just, let's make the decision to be like, okay, Lord, where does it, how does it look? Where, where can I carve out more time? Where can I just be like, maybe I got to get up earlier. Maybe I have to stay up a little bit later. Maybe like right when I wake up in the morning, I'll just, I'll try to slip off for a couple for while I'm making breakfast and be by myself or whatever the case is to where you're going to, I'm going to intentionally seek him and be like, Lord, I need your help to do it. I'm not just going to try to do it in my own strength because we all know how behavior modification works. doesn't, right? So we're just going to finish and pray. Everybody, would you stand with me? But I want us to take this time and just, if you, really want, if you really want that and just the simplicity of seeking Jesus and knowing him, which I believe we all want, I want us to put our, I want us to put our hands on our hearts. Um, and I believe the Lord is just going to start to teach us in this time just how we can do it, what it looks like going forward. Just the simplicity of being like, he might be like, hey, when you're driving, like all you got to do is turn your, turn your radio off on your 20 minute commute to, to, to work and there's your time. And I believe he's going he's gonna to start to show us practically how, it, how to do it and then he's also going to empower us to go there. You want to pray for us? Oh, all right. Okay. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are putting desires in our hearts and hunger for Jesus and we thank you that we will be satisfied in our relationship with him. Man, Lord, I thank you for just the practicalities of what it looks like to be with you and to know you. Man, Father, we thank you that there is going to be life and abundance in everybody's secret place going forward. Father, we thank you for, man, just just satisfying hunger in our hearts. And I thank you that you are going to satisfy the desire for more of you in each and every one of our hearts, Lord. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Father, we thank you that we have pure hearts. We love you, Lord. Thank you for doing it in us, Father. And it's not going to be by our striving and our effort, man. We're going to be thankful for the, for the, man, for the relationship and the knowledge that we have of you. When we look back and we're going to know that it's just because of your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can close this, yeah.
1: Can he play? Is that okay? Can you play, please? Yeah, go, Nick. Thanks, Nate. Nick. Um, yeah, Tyler, you can stay. Did you think I was not talking to you? All right, you can stay there, yeah. Tyler will pray. Simon and Bailey will pray. Um, I felt uh, earlier just to pray for um, just some healing in this room. So Dylan, had you guys put your hand on your heart? Everybody, put your hand on your stomach. It says, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water, right? The spirit of God in your bellies. Um, Put your hand on your stomach. And I want to pray for incurable diseases and STDs specifically.
4: Sexually transmitted
1: diseases, incurable diseases and STDs. And I believe Jesus is going to touch people's lives right now, okay? Just by faith, this is what I have in my heart. So everybody close your eyes, hand on your stomach. um, And we're going to pray. And I believe that people are going to be touched and, and, and healed by the power of God. And you're going to go get checked out and find that you're totally healed. So, Father, we thank you right now, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence in this room. We acknowledge you, Jesus. We acknowledge your presence right now. You're touching bodies. You're healing people's bodies right now. Every incurable disease and STD I command to leave now, right now, be broken be cursed and leave their bodies right now Jesus thank you thank you for total healing and total wholeness right now all by grace no striving no effort you have no authority you have no right over these bodies you purchased them Jesus with your your precious blood so every disease and every curse we command you to leave right now we thank you for it Lord In the mighty name of Jesus, so be it. Amen, amen. Awesome. Yeah. Um, So if you guys need prayer for anything else, you just need somebody to stand with you. um, Or you need, yeah, you just need to talk to somebody. We'll have Tyler. Um, Maybe I'll stay up here. You just come up and we'll, we'll talk and we'll pray with you. But other than that, is there any other announcements? No. We, uh, we love you guys. You are dismissed. Hang out, talk, chat. Um, but be blessed. See you guys.